Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Big Hero 6, directed by Don Hall and Chris Williams and released in 2014. The plot goes something like this. When a devastating event kills his brother Tadashi and lands his robot technology in the hands of a villain, Hiro Hamada upgrades his brother's health companion robot Baymax and works with his talented friends to transform into a team of superheroes and save the city. It took me so long to write that. I know. It's really hard to sort of think of a plot summary for it. You know what? Uh, The first thing I remembered just now was Mm. when I was watching Wasabi, I was like, oh, my God, it's Damon Wayans Jr. Yep. Because Wasabi is the role that Damon Wayans Jr. plays in everything, and he plays it so well. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. The kind of like slightly uptight, mm-hmm. rules obsessed, but occasionally like he does the growly kind of thing. Yeah. And then he'll suddenly go into the high pitched screamy thing. And it's his yeah. shtick. It's his shtick, but he does it so well. And I don't care because yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love him. Yeah. Yeah. I did have the names of them all listed actually, but I don't anymore. Um, I rem, I, I didn't recognize a few of the names. I was waiting to see who did the voice of Wasabi at the end of the credits because I was like, I know it's Damon Wayans Jr. I know mm-hmm. it is. And then his name came up and I was like, yay. Yeah. I'm not very good at recognizing voices most of the time. Yeah. So. I only recognized Alan Tudyk. I didn't recognize Alan Tudyk. I never recognized I, Alan Tudyk. I didn't get him till about halfway through and I'm like, oh, yes, of course. Well, it's a Disney animation. He, he's like they're, um, in their repertory company just about. Well, the thing about him is that he changes his voice so much for every role. He's like a proper voice actor. He is, but he's got a, he's got certain tics that yeah. show. And also he was actually American in this one. So he sounded like himself. Okay. See, Which is I why it was harder to pick him it. out in Frozen when he was playing the Duke. Yeah. Actually, I found it easier to pick him out in Frozen. But like um, but, Baymax, but, for example, is Scott Adsit from um he's Tina Fey's co-producer on um on Thirty, 30 Rock. Rock. Yeah, which he, I he's, don't sorry, watch. he's an actor who plays the co-producer on Thirty Rock. What I did think was really good was that everybody was the ethnicity that they were playing. So the little boy Ryan Potter, who played um Little Hiro, was is um Asian American, and oh, good. Daniel Henney played um Tadashi, and he's Asian. He's half black, half Asian, actually. Yep, Daniel yep. Henney, and then uh, it Damon Wayans Jr. played Wasabi. Um, so it was really nice that they actually got voice actors who were the right ethnicity because they didn't have to. It wasn't necessary for Hiro um to be. Asian American because mm. he doesn't say anything Japanese in the whole thing, but they still did it anyway. Yeah, okay. which I think is great. I think that's uh, that is really good. I, and I didn't actually know that because I did wasn't familiar with the actors involved, but that is good. I was I was just glad they kept them the leads Japanese. Like that was you know I was I was like well at least they didn't make them white. Yeah, I I thought that was neat. I don't remember a lot about this movie. I remember Baymax and mm. most of the things Baymax did because Baymax was. Amazing and pretty much the best robot that's come out of anything since Wally. Mm. I mean, he's adorable and very, very funny and just very lovable. Yeah, like, he was instantly lovable. Mm, he was pretty lovely. He was he was good. I, I'm just now looking through the like list of cast and stuff like that. I remember I I quite like Jamie Chung's character. She was on Wheels. Um, oh, see, I didn't, and this is because she like she kept saying things like "woman up." Yeah, I know. But here's a thing that I've noticed in a lot of these movies, and I do really appreciate that they didn't sexualize any of the female characters oh, in this movie. Yeah, but you've got three types of female characters in this movie, right? You've got a mother figure, mm. you've got a tough chick, mm. and you've got a sweet, sort of adorable, like the virgin kind of character. Yep, right. That's it. 
And you don't have, you don't, women don't get to be people like Wasabi, who is like funny and strange or, or like, um, the surfer dude whose mm. dad was Stan Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't get to have, what's his, Fred? You don't get, women don't get to play those characters. Mm. They have to fit into an archetype. Yep. And that really kind of makes me sad. Mm. Um, because she doesn't, uh, um, Gogo doesn't do anything apart from being tough at any point ever. Mm-hmm. All she is is tough in the whole thing. And I appreciate her saying woman up instead of man up. And I appreciate that she is cool, but all she does is be cool. Perhaps I've been, uh, what's the opposite of spoiled? Whatever that is by all the other kids' movies I've seen all year, but I was just happy to see a few different women. Yeah. And like there are at least two women in the gang and the, um, honey, honey lemon. Yeah. Honey lemon I thought was great. Yeah. And she's uh, desexualized a lot from the comics. Oh, okay. Like in the comics, she is big blue eyes, big boobs, kind of that, that sort of real, um, like exaggerated femininity. I really liked honey lemon. I thought, um, she, cause she gets to play more than one thing. Yep. Um, she gets to be sweet and caring, but also really into things blowing up and, and really smart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and really sciencey smart. and inventory and robot. I suppose Gogo gets to be smart and tough. Yes. But, you know, basically, even when she's smart, she's just being tough. Mm. Like, there's something very one note about her character. And she's the sort of character I'd usually like. So I was a little bit disappointed. Okay. Um, yeah. I, think- I liked Aunt Cass a lot more because Aunt mm. Cass was somebody who was not very motherly, who kind of adapted to that role yes yes and that was really good and she was really sweet and funny as well mm-hmm. and she got to be funny which i thought was nice yeah and uh, she's played by maya rudolph so well there you go yeah you would hope so that was nice i mean there's yeah i just i got a bit frustrated with gogo and gogo was the one that kind of pointed that all out to me okay and also yeah there's two girls on a team of six so but like this is still in better shape than most kids' movies. Well, it's better shape than Lego Movie or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, and I think that's that. So I'm I'm holding it and, up against a low bar. And also, the girls were all scientists and inventors. Yes, and there are yeah women in STEM and well not Aunt Cass uh, is a business owner. Yeah, so but I'm fine with that too. Yeah, so they're I mean they're good. It's good sort of on a lot of fronts. I just mm-hmm. kind of I I started when it was GoGo. I started seeing that the very archetypal kind of roles um, that they were put into. Yeah. I think this movie was really good storytelling. Like it was really tightly put together and all very perfect in terms of its story and its script and everything. I just, for some reason, didn't connect with it. Like I really liked it and I thought it was a good movie. I just didn't, like it just didn't hit me anywhere. See, it really hit me when Baymax died. Yeah, that's true. But that was – and when Tadashi died, I was sad, but it was like I felt bad for Hiro because he'd already lost his parents. I was like, Mm. oh, come on. Right. But I knew Tadashi was going to die. Well, he's a Disney movie. You know, you can't have any relatives. I know. And it it was so, so much. And then Baymax doing his whole, like, grief counseling thing. Mm. I just – I really love Baymax. Baymax is fantastic. (laughs) Baymax – everything Baymax does is pitch perfect. Everything. Yeah. The way he walks and, like, then he's walking away from danger and shuffling away from danger and he does, like, come on. And Baymax is like, I am not fast. (laughs) And the – will this make me a better healthcare professional Mm. and all that sort of stuff? Like – Every single little tiny thing that he does mm. when he's petting the cat, when he's acting drunk is one of the funniest oh. things that I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> we fell out a window. Yeah. We used to do a battery. 
<laughs> on his little battery. Um, oh my gosh! God, just and the, the fist bumps when he goes ba la 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 instead of like making an explosion <laughs> yeah. sound. And oh. I just think Baymax is is so ridiculously wonderful. Yeah. Um, and I really hope that in in this inevitable sequels, Hiro will make a whole bunch of Baymaxes. Yeah. Because clearly that's what Tadashi made him for mm. was to be like a you know, hello up nurse person. Yes. In people's homes. And so yeah. like to not do that because he's like, I am helping people with this one Baymax and very specifically the people in my town, saving them from superheroes that I kind of invented because I created the the robot that robots. got stolen. Yeah. And, yeah. I hope he gets to do something with Baymax because I would like to see a Baymax. In that would be home. really nice, actually, if he suddenly like starts mass producing them, gets together with um, Alistair Cray, um, Alan Tudyk's character, and, mm. you know, starts sending them out everywhere. That would be cool. I would like a Baymax. I am really frustrated with myself for not seeing who the bad guy was coming. Uh-huh. I should have seen that because it's James Cromwell and he has played that character in at least three other animated movies. Uh, see, I thought for a minute there that it was – going to be Tadashi, actually, for a long time. Yeah, that's what I, I thought. I thought it was going to be Tadashi who was the bad guy. I thought it was because I, I knew it wasn't going to be Cray once they decided, mm. like, once they proved that it too might, obvious. Like, when everybody was like, oh, it's Cray. I was like, oh, yeah. it's not Cray. I, was, um, I thought maybe it might be his female assistant, mm. um, just because it would be nice. Um, and I thought it might be Tadashi, but I never thought that mm. it was. And I don't know why. Like, it's so obviously him. He has played that role before. He had that kind of growly, I'm so sensitive, but actually evil voice that, like, you know, it's, um, Treasure Planet has the same character. Yeah. And, um, and the other one I was thinking of was the, the, the Joss Whedon, Ben Edlund written, uh, Titan AE. Yep. Um, has that same character. Yeah. It's all the same guy. I don't know why I didn't see it coming. I didn't recognize that it was James Cromwell, but, it's, yeah, so I didn't know that it was. But it's the yeah. same. He looks the same yeah. as those guys. Like, how did I not notice that that was the same same character, mm. you know, the same role? And then you see that I I, I figured that out before he was revealed mm. when we saw the the um girl go in. Right. I was like, oh, it's his daughter, and then yeah. they said it was his daughter, and I, I, yeah. that was when I figured it out. But it was much too late for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was still frustrated with myself that I hadn't figured it out earlier. Yeah. And I like that first fight with him when they all don't know what they're doing and there's yes. no plan, and Wasabi's like, what's the plan? Well, it's good because there's a lot of stuff he's about. My favorite. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's. Oh my God. When he's trying to drive. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I loved that so much. They're in the car chase, and this is giant massive robot controlling man behind them and he stops at the red light <laughs> but he's also driving very sensibly and like avoiding things oh he's he puts adorable. his on before changing lanes yes yes i love him i loved that bit that was he's so my favorite gorgeous. human baymax yeah. is obviously my favorite because baymax is like mm. a genius invention and whoever came up with him should get a medal or something yeah like he's perfect but Wasabi is my favorite human. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because Damon Wayans Jr. is going to be my favorite human in almost anything he's in. I love him. By miles. He's he's my favorite human as well. Uh, but that was really good because there's a lot of stuff about the nature of what it is to be a hero yeah. and what it means to work as a team as well mm. and all, all that kind of stuff and the need to actually have a bit of planning and organization but also kind of as well as just flair things i thought that was nice oh yeah but i mean there's other things that i thought were a little heavy-handed like you just have to come at it from a different angle thing Mm. felt almost as heavy-handed as have you seen meet the robinsons 
Yes. You know how with the dinosaur? Yeah. With keep moving forward. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. You made a mistake. Keep moving forward. Um, Which I understand Mm -hmm. is the the Disney motto, but still, you know, guys, chill out. Like we know that repetition is the way to teach kids, but they're looking at it from a different angle thing. Some of them didn't even look at it from a different angle. Fred goes, oh, wait, they're not my arms. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny, but, Uh, you know, it's just kind of labored mm. a little bit. The um the Stanley cameo as Fred's dad was one of my favorite Stanley cameos in a Marvel movie thus far. Well, I thought it was just going to be the visual cameo. Yeah, and but then no. The end, the movie came end of the movie came the credits started and one of the major points of contention between me and my sister is that I will always stay till the end of the but credits. But it's a Marvel movie, Katie. <laughs> I know. And I was like, "No, we have to stay." Melissa said there was another scene, we have to stay, and she was like, "No, I don't want to." Oh, she yeah. wants to walk out as soon as the credits hit. So. Yeah, uh, we, Jelly and I were the only people left, but we were in a nine fifteen p.m. screening, so there was like eight people yeah, in our screening because there was a kids movie. Yeah, there was no one there. The screening that I went to did have a lot of kids in it, and <laughs> you know how they always have the little like little short films before. The oh movie? yeah, yeah. There's a little one before this. Yeah. Um. Which. <sighs> I was like, this one's so great. It's not about two people getting together. And then it was about two people getting together. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Mm. It's just something like the umbrella one and the paper planes one. And so many of them lately have all been about the same thing. Mm. But anyway, uh, that came on. And at the end of it, a kid near us went, what happened to the robot? (laughs) Because he thought that was the movie. Oh, that's really funny. Anyway, That's I would also be like that because the ro- I mean, all of the teasers and trailers featured Baymax heavily. We actually watched a trailer because my mother was considering coming and um, we watched a trailer that I think did a terrible disservice to the movie because mm. it was so action heavy mm. and like with this kind of rock soundtrack underneath it and it was trying to make it look cool and that's not Mm. what the movie was at all. Yeah. Like it had action scenes in it, but there were only two real fights in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then Baymax was all like, I don't want to, you know, fight people. Mm. Um, he does come around on flying. Yeah. Which is fair. Flying makes me a better healthcare professional or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't ever want to hurt anybody. And that's kind of the point of the movie that mm. like hurting people is bad and things like that. Yeah. And what makes him good at his job is that he has the caring side. Yeah, exactly. Even when he is the flying fighting armored robot. Well, I mean, the armoured thing, I don't think the armoured thing necessarily makes him worse no. when he's going out in the world. No, no. Well, makes clearly him, that's helpful. Yeah. No, no, it's all helpful. But the sort of most helpful part of his personality is that he has the caring side. Otherwise, yes. he goes mad. And it is like there's so many bits that are so terrific, like watching him try to get into all the armour and Mm-mm. all of that sort of stuff. I mean, he's so cute. He's just so ridiculously adorable. Mm. Anyway. Well, it's full of all those little moments. I think the trailers I've seen have all um, focused on that scene with a sticky tape at the police station where he's... Yeah, that was in a couple of the ones that I've seen, but this particular one was much more heavily action-oriented. Like, that Uh was... I think the sticky tape bit was one of the more teaser-y kind of ones. Right. The sticky tape bit was pretty funny, though. And the cop in that scene has the same nose as Callahan does, the bad guy. Right. That nose featured, like, five times in that movie. They must have been really proud of it. Yeah, well, you know Disney and they're drawing all faces the same kind of thing. Um, Yeah, I mean, they didn't do that too much in this movie. At least, like, Gogo and, and Honey Lemon look different. Mm. Mm. Um, and Aunt Cass as well. 
and Aunt Cass. Aunt Cass actually was interesting because her body shape was really different, which I well, liked. It was she was kind of normal shaped. She, yes, she was. There was no super slim waist or anything. She was just like a regular sized woman. Yeah, exactly. Unlike Honey Lemon, who is like tiny. Yeah, um, and Gogo is tiny as well. Yeah, but Honey Lemon is is a preternaturally thin. Yeah, but she's so great anyway. I really liked yeah. Honey Lemon. I enjoyed her character. She was really sweet and mm. fun. Um, what else happened in the movie? I can't remember. I don't know. Flying. The kabuki mask guy looked cool. I don't know why he wore a kabuki mask. It's never well, really explained. It was because it, the it was because it was they wanted to kind of keep the Japanese ness of it. I think yeah. That's why, that's why Aunt Cass ran a cat cafe and the they were travelled on oh, the the weird San Francisco thing where they travel on like cable cars and and balloons yeah and then like wind thingies in the sky and. Mm. I mean, I un- I appreciate world building and everything, but like I like world building when I know what things are for. Mm. I think they must have been powering the city or something. It was just really unclear. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, and like as soon as I saw those little robots, I knew they were trouble too. The micro robots. Oh, the microbots. Oh God, yes. Yeah. As soon as you see them, you're like, that's a bad idea. Actually, it's quite cool at the start where he's um he's like robot fighting and his brothers pulling him out of s- dangerous situations and. He's, there's an interesting little sort of story before the brother dies about what Hiro's life is like because he's this ge- super genius who's graduated high school but he's kind of making a living fighting robots rather than going to college and studying engineering like his good older brother. Yeah, and I mean, there's also – I mean, they kind of start out as Lilo and Stitch. Mm, I mean, Lilo yes, and Nanny, yes. right? And then and then Baymax is the Stitch. Yes! Um, with with um, Hiro being the you know weird younger sibling, mm. although I think Lilo is a more interesting character than Hiro is, mm. because Hiro is is he's a, essentially a good boy. No, he isn't though. I mean, I, I, if you mean that on the inside he's a good boy, but you know he's doing bad things. He's not. Yeah, that's true. He's just he's not quite as I don't know. I'm not sure. Where I think I was going. it's it's like they want to make him relatable, but in order to do that, they take away a lot of his personality, yeah. and he just becomes defined by what happens to him. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's it. There's not. You're right. It's, there's nothing. It's just not much to him. Because if you want to describe what heroes like, what is he like? Smart, good at engineering. <laughs> that's it. And what what do you expect a and it, thirteen year yeah, old fourteen year old boy to be doing? You know, right? Otherwise, impatient and like impulsive and yeah. But I mean, a lot of that can be like can be come down to selfish. the fact that he's fourteen. But he's, exactly, exactly. Yeah, like he's a fourteen year old super genius, and yeah. you know, he's not Doogie Hauser, so like he doesn't immediately want to go to university. But when he sees that university is cool, he's like, I definitely want to go to university. Like he's mm. he isn't defined by something that's innate in him. He's defined by what happens to him, I yeah. think. I think that's a bit of a problem with the movie. The, I mean, he is relatable in the sense that, like, the stuff that happens to him is sad and you can understand why he does the things that he does and mm. it's teaching kids about, you know, how to deal with situations that are hard for you and yeah, things and like that. And, and resilience work and yeah, And, you know, learning to accept help and, yep. and that sort of thing. But at the same time, it, it's kind of sad that you don't really get to see much of who Hiro is mm. through all of that, apart from liking superheroes, but who doesn't. Yeah, because I was also a bit kind of like, well, why does he have to go to uni? He can do whatever the hell he wants to do. He's 14. Like, I kind of. Well, not robot fighting because robot, no, fighting, robot is fighting is illegal. <laughs> but, like, also there's sort of. And he was robot fighting shocking as well. He was like yes. going in and taking people's money yeah. by pretending to not be good at it. Yeah. But y- 
like there's sort of there could have been other options for him, but he doesn't. He's not. There's nothing to him. So it's kind of like, well, it's what is you know, it's what you do. You go to university and you you become a robot engineer. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it's sort of odd because like it's hard. It's a hard one to judge because like that that lab was so enticing. Who wouldn't? Yeah, as if you wouldn't want to. <laughs> Um, and he's so smart that he can get into it easily. You know? Yeah, like it's not a a real uh, nail biter or anything. And then he doesn't want to go again once his brother dies, which is understandable because right. he's grieving. Mm. And so you know, and then Baymax is kind of his way out of that grief. Yeah. and he goes through the stages, and then he loses that Baymax. Mm. I don't necessarily know that Baymax had to come back immediately. It would have made him a bit of a Mary Poppins-esque character, I suppose, if he had just disappeared at that point. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't really need to rebuild him. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a bit premature. They could have done that in the next one or something. Well, I think they probably needed to just because they're Disney and they wanted to show the sort of the hope of we can make more of these. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. But I think. I don't know. There is something to that kind of Mary Poppins esque. The person who comes in and helps you figure your like stuff helps out. them figure them stuff out is is a metaphor for them figuring their own stuff out. Mm. You know, like it's a metaphor for what you need to do in order to get mm. out of it. Yep. Um, and that's kind of. But at the same time, you didn't really want Baymax to be dead because he was the best character. Yeah. And he was amazing and wonderful yep. and perfect. And, and they'll sell toys and the kids will be, you know, the kids will want him to have a resurrection. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. They'll probably sell toys in all the outfits too. Look, yeah. it's Baymax. Look, it's Baymax in armor. Look, it's Baymax as that karate Baymax that he first makes. Probably. This is Disney. They yeah. do understand toy marketing. And they'll be able to sell toys of all the kids in their armor and stuff. Yeah. And Fred in his outfit. Fred's outfit is so odd. I love I- it. Yes. That was easily well, my favorite of the outfits. I'm a, I'm a mascot. That's what I do. I know. Yeah. Um but but the fact that they that that's like his superhero costume mm. is him dressed up like a monster is kind of hilarious to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like, great. Like it's so odd and it fits him so well. And he's like one of the first ones to actually get the hang of his powers too, yep. which is pretty hilarious cuz mm. like obviously he's pre- been preparing for this his whole life. Yes. <laughs> He's so great. I liked Fred. Yeah, he. I thought he was fantastic. I liked that they didn't make him kind of just a comic relief joke no. person. That he was an actual person rather than just a joke. Yes, because he had the whole – his parents were, weren't there and then the reveal at the end that they were really superheroes. And, well, and that he was rich, but also that he yeah. wasn't incompetent, yeah. I think, is important. Well, yeah, because there is a certain like type of wealthy frat boy that – thing they could have gone a wealthy like surfer kid they could have gone down in fall a trap they could have fallen into and they didn't with him yeah he still remains human well i mean nobody in this is really a bad guy i suppose like there's no actual kind of out and out villain no the well even the villain has a motivation and a yeah i thought it would have been more interesting if he'd actually tried to get his daughter back rather than doing what he did like he rebuilt I mean, he took one of the rings. Why didn't he try and rebuild the other one? He, he, I or why didn't he try and mm, go in? Or why Use didn't, his like, science to kind of make it work. I don't know. You would think that would be his first option as opposed to stealing somebody else's engineering. No, no. Stealing someone havoc. else's under engineering in order to get his daughter back, I would understand. Yeah. Because he stole that ring, right? Like the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Stargate but he doesn't, but he, but he didn't go into the Stargate or use them to... You know, get yeah, her that's back. what that's I mean. Like he just uses it to wreak havoc. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't have minded him stealing. Like I would have understood him, even him killing Tadashi, 
like, because he doesn't actually kill Tadashi. Tadashi tries to go in to save yeah. him, not knowing he caused the fire. Yep. He didn't try and kill anybody. Yep. There wasn't anybody left in there by the time he set the fire. So he wasn't actually trying to hurt anybody. Yep. It was just an unfortunate kind of heroic Tadashi moment that made him go mm. in and try and get it. So, I mean, to, to try and save him. So, it, like, you know, as a sympathetic he, uh, villain, you could have gone for him trying to get his daughter back, mm. and then when he couldn't figure out how to do that, going to kin- going to confront Cray and being like, "You made me lose my daughter," you know, yeah. like. And I mean, I understand that his revenge storyline had to echo Hiro's, but at the same time, like it would have made more sense for him not to immediately go revenge crazy. Yep. Um. I mean, it's fine. It's just. It's storytelling 101 in a lot of ways. Mm. Like like Lego Movie, the actual story of it is very simple. Yeah, it's really, really, like really simple. Really simple and really basic. And I would like to see I, – I, I hope that the sequel has a more interesting storyline, kind of mm. like how Captain America, the sequel, had a more interesting storyline. Well, yeah, I think – because you, you can do interesting things with this. It's Because we've seen – everyone's seen a superhero team-up movie. Everyone's seen, like – ingenious kids get together and save the world kind of movie so Mm. you can actually play with the genre a little bit even if you are disney yeah and you know give honey lemon and gogo some more stuff to do Mm. i just suddenly went make them a couple i don't know why my brain went there it's because we've been we've been talking about lord of the rings (laughs) probably i do like that nobody was a love interest yes that was a relief yep although i don't see how any of them could be since all of them are like five years older than hero yeah it wouldn't have worked they're they're you know um young college students and he's like a middle schooler yeah early i did find it kind of hilarious every so often because everybody was like there was never any mention of the fact that there was a really big age difference between them no like they were all perfectly happy to just take orders from the 14 year old and like nobody kind of questioned that at any point it was Mm. interesting yeah because, I mean, it sort of starts off as though they are trying to care for him. Like, they're his older brother's friends, so they they come in with this sort of nurturing, caring, take care of the little brother attitude. But it doesn't last. But also, Hiro doesn't have any of his own friends at all. Yeah. What is that about? I don't know, but I thought that that struck me as strange. I know yeah. he's not at school with anybody, but he doesn't know anybody. Yeah. Mm. Like, literally, his entire support system is Cass and Tadashi. Really? And also, all of these people only just met Hiro. <laughs> Right. Like they and, just and suddenly they're turning up to help him out and like No, but not just mm. that. Like it, they just met him and then Baymax was like I have to contact your friends. And, and I'm like how do you even he know contact- he's they're his friends? They've talked to him twice. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. I mean, I know it's a plot convenience. Yeah, but it was weird. <laughs> uh I feel like this stuff that we haven't talked about, but I don't know what it is. It looked good. Yeah. There was a lot of interesting stuff in San Francisco. Yes. I, I, I mean, it's that kind of futuristic melding of the East and West that Firefly did and things like that. Yeah. And that's always nice, I guess. Yeah. And it's good that, you know, it had a diverse mix racially, which was yep. really, really good, mm. um, especially considering they usually could have made him white like they did with Edge of Tomorrow. Yes, there was a definite temptation to whitewash this one and they didn't and i was wondering for a while if they had actually because there's no mention of his name in the trailers no so i wasn't sure for a while so it's really good that they didn't Mm. although obviously he had to have been half they both had to have been half white otherwise Mm. aunt cass would have been wouldn't have been their aunt would she or how no wait maya rudolph's not hispanic she's black yeah i think so if cass is the same i don't know but yeah 
We don't really get any I information on Hidor's parents it, it at all. It doesn't really so. matter. She's yeah, she looks white. Yeah, yeah she, she does. presents she looks white. white. Um, yeah, so that's. I mean, it's not really an issue. I think it's. I think it's sort of a considered that they would be part of a mixed race family would be normal for them. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't think it was an issue either. Um, it just was something that occurred to me while I was talking, and mm. and now I'm thinking about Lilo and Stitch and how be- and how Big Hero Six was not as good as Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch is a wonderful movie. Although like, I think I like wonderful. Baymax better than Stitch. <laughs> well, Stitch is so chaotic. Like he's just this little ball of wreck everything. Yeah, like he's he's got he's he's got love at his heart, but he is completely batty. Whereas I think Baymax has got like he's got this real caring side to him. Yeah, I think I just like Baymax better than Stitch because he made me laugh more. But <laughs> yeah, probably that there's, too. There's that caring side, and I think also there's a there's a really nice. Um, uh, inverting of gender roles with Tadashi being so gentle, yes, and caring, and and mm. creating something so gentle and caring, yes. Um, I think that that kind of subversion of gender roles is fun, and I liked that. Mm-hmm. More interesting than Gogo just being tough, like. Although I do find Honey Lemon quite interesting. Oh, Honey Lemon's great. I still feel like she was, and and it sounds like in the in the comic book even more she was designed to fit into an archetype yeah i can't remember who voiced honey lemon um uh, oh it's a real weird name genesis rodriguez okay but i thought honey lemon was uh, i i I did find honey lemon really interesting and i liked her a lot yeah and i think it's something nice about the idea that you can be really really girly and friendly and fun and be into science yeah well that's that was the thing that i liked about it it was the, the same way you have tadashi who's the real really caring nurturing type we have this beautiful girl who's really into science and engineering and like things that go boom well she's also super nerdy yeah <laughs> um i don't think that she uh, like she's c- clearly nerdier in the in the mm. movie than she was in the comics i mean i don't think that she's supposed to be a um wet dream of a girl no she's got the big glasses and the <laughs> yeah yeah she's just normal but she's also like thin and blonde yes yeah, I get Which that. I think was nice, especially having seen – I've only seen pictures, but having seen the pictures of the, like, overdone, large-breasted anime woman that she was in the comic, Yeah, I'm really glad they went down that direction. Yeah, I am too. I'm, I'm glad that the movie was really desexualized and it wasn't about that. Um, yeah, it was a kid's movie. Yeah. Anyway, we can do ratings now. I'm actually giving it four, which sounds super generous, but because I don't, I don't really have a – other than we've just spent 20 minutes picking at it, I don't really have any complaints about it. Like, it's a movie I would be happy to take any kid to. I think it's it's fun. It's good. The storytelling is solid. I have no reason not to give it four, so that's what I'm giving it. Well, see, I actually really enjoyed it when I watched it. It's just that I can't remember a lot about it, and the stuff that I do remember about it are things that weren't quite as good. I mean, there must have been heaps of stuff that I really did like that happened. Yeah. Well, I saw this like, on the same day as The Hobbit, and I definitely like this a lot more. Yeah, I, 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 gave, I mean, I'm giving it four. I gave it four in my book as soon as I walked out of it. I just, yeah. it's weird how little I remember of this movie. Yeah, I, um, I'm concerned about that too. But you know, four stars from each of us is, yeah, I guess it's good. <laughs> I guess so. I feel like it doesn't deserve that now, but I don't know why. Yeah, uh. I feel I don't know why any of this is happening. I think it might just be because Baymax overshadowed everything so much that I was like not paying any attention to anything that was going on except for Baymax uh. doing things. I don't know, because I was just like, oh, my God, Baymax is so funny. I love Baymax. <laughs> it was great. Uh, shall I wrap up? Yes. 
Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to read our show notes or find old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. You can also read Katie's review of Big Hero 6 and all of the other movies that she watches on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. You can also find us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at screen underscore queens or find us on Tumblr, tumblr tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. See you next time.